Okay, check out this chapter. It's so powerful, you guys. Romans um, 14, 12 to the end of the chapter. Jessica's going to read it in. Um, Romans. Romans. 14. Yeah, 14. Okay, wait. okay. now and listen really close. This is very good. What is it? Romans 14, 14, beginning in verse 20. Put the microphone down. 12. 12, right there. And to what? To the end. Right down, there. down, down. Okay. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. I know I am convinced that the authority of the Lord Jesus, that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person, it is wrong. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, then you are not acting in love if you eat it. Okay, stop for a second. Do you think that just applies to food or could that apply yeah. to substances too? Yeah. Substances, I think, too, right? Don't let your eating yeah. ruin someone for whom Christ died. Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. For the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with his with this attitude, you will please God, and others will approve of you too. So then let us aim for harmony and in the church and try to build each other up. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, all foods are acceptable. Or smoke, what you eat or smoke. But it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. See, that's a problem too, because like if we if we have a problem, if my brother, if Mike is really struggling and then I am doing something that would be tempting for him, and I know that he's been staying clean, then I got to think about him, right? That's about love. You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it, for you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So, so this is just saying everything, no matter what, is cool. It's more like we need to live by our conscience, and we want God to be the one who's telling us what you know what um, you know what we should or shouldn't be doing. Like God's going to be the one who speaks to us, and we want to be we want to be an environment of a culture in our community where people feel safe to be themselves and not to be hiding. Okay, what we don't want is hiding. And I want to read you something that a guy who has uh, been part of our community wrote me, who's really, he's really struggling right now, but about the church, which I think is a problematically true statement that maybe you'll be able to relate to, but it's something that we don't want to be about this. Okay, listen. He says, if you task me with finding a good person for a million, but I could only hunt at churches or prison, I would choose prison there because no one pretends to be good there. In fact, people exaggerate their badness in prison. In a church, everyone presents as if they're on the path. I just find true convicts more honorable than rank-and-file Christians, and that's certainly true in their leadership. Do you guys think that's accurate? Yeah. Not here. Okay, but that's accurate in the larger community. Yeah. And so yeah. we, we can't, we have to combat that. Amen. Yeah. Okay, right? Yeah. Okay, so um, I want to read one more scripture that's related to what Jessica read. Read. 
I'm going to read one more scripture from. I'm going to read one more scripture from Colossians. Okay, this is Colossians 2, verse 20 to 23. If you died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, okay, that's, I have to explain what those are. Elementary principles of the world are rules and regulations. You know, uh, we die in our baptism to rules and regulations because we're not saved by following rules and regulations. According to the Bible, we're saved by grace. So if you've died to rules and regulations, why, uh, as if you were living in the world, do you submit yourself to decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, which refer to things destined to perish with use? They perish with use. Right? You can't smoke a joint twice. Okay, and you can't drink a Bud Light twice. It's, you drink it and it's gone. Okay, so it's saying, uh, so why? Why do you submit yourself to decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, which refer to things destined to perish with use in accordance with the commandments and teachings of people? These are matters which have to be sure the appearance of wisdom in self made religion and self uh, abasement. Self abasement means like sacrificing, making a big sacrifice. That's religion, you know, when yeah. we just say, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to withhold myself from all this kind of stuff. That can be religion. It can be a, a, something that God's called you to do. And that's what we want to make. We want to make a distinction between what God calls us to do and, and rules and regulations, okay? Because rules and regulations are not faith. So listen. Um, so, but um, it is not what enters the mouth that makes the person unclean. Okay, well, try telling that in drug court. Okay, but Jesus says it's not, it's not what make, it's not what enters the mouth that makes the person unclean in God's eyes, right? But what comes out of the mouth. Okay, in other words, um, and and this he goes into greater detail about that in verse 18, 17 and eighteen. Okay, so Colossians two seventeen to eighteen. It says, um, actually, you know what? I'm not going to read that. What I want to do is I want to talk about um, the other side of it, okay? Because in reality, God, we want to be people that aren't just giving permission for everyone to do everything. We don't want to just be a free-for-all church where everyone is just like, you know, we're just a big, huge cloud of smoke and with everyone just using the F-bombs, you know, left and right, just like, ah, ah, just, we want to be a place where we're growing to be more like Jesus, right? We want to be disciples of Jesus. So, you know, it's not about like permission just to be, just to be unhinged and, and just whatever, do whatever we want to do. We want to be people who are actually growing, but because we're in relationship with Jesus and, and we're tuned into his voice. And so God is going to, God's going to show you in your heart, like in your mind, in your conscience. So I need my volunteers now. I need Adam and Eve to come forward. Okay. And I need God. God and Adam and Eve. Okay. So we're going to have a little skit. We're going to see the original. Okay. So. 
but this is the first part. Okay, you guys come together. So God has just um, just so they can see you. So we're going to look at um, Genesis chapter one. So uh, Genesis one, I'm going to read. Then God said, let us, oh wait, you said that. Let us make me. Oh, sorry. Read verse 26. Then God said, verse 26. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock and over every earth, all the earth, and over every human thing that creeps on the earth. Okay. So you hear that? God said that, and then it said, God um, created man in his own image and likeness. In the image of God, he created him male and female, male and female. God created them. And then God said, verse 28, God blessed them. And God said, We're not going to act this out. <laughs> These people are not Quiet, you guys. God's speaking. God's speaking. <laughs> Go ahead. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay. So see what God told them to do, to have authority, both of them, male and female, over, over the creation, right? Okay, now we're going to do a, another version of the same story. So, woman. So, in Genesis 2, the man has to be on the ground now. Because you're, you're not formed yet. Okay. So, chapter 2, we're going to lay down. Lay down on the Okay, Genesis 2. Okay, let's see. Verse four. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made heaven and earth. Now there was no shrub or field yet in the earth and no plant of the field yet sprouting. For the Lord God had not sent rain upon the earth and there was no man to cultivate the ground. Okay, but a mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Okay, then the Lord God planted a garden. Okay, and uh, then the Lord God said, uh, he took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden. To cultivate it and to guard it. Okay, then the Lord God commanded the man saying, verse 16. 16. Oh, the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Okay, can you say that one more time? We need to hear that. You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You shall not eat. For the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Okay, now God, you can sit down. You can sit down now. 
Okay, so um, then God formed the woman from the man. And so the woman, you can come now, be, and we're not going to act out that part of being formed from the man. So the man and the woman are in the garden, okay? And um, notice how God, his attitude towards, towards substances is you should eat of everything. It's kind of like what we were reading earlier that uh, Jessica read about how don't judge because uh, about what you eat because like and you know how everything is from everything nothing makes you unclean that you eat like god says eat eat of everything right eat eat of everything but then he says of the tree that's in the middle of the garden don't eat because on the eat the day that you eat of it you're going to die okay right and so what does that tell us about god that he says don't eat because on the day that you eat of it you're going to die he cares about us so in other words don't don't use that that fentanyl stuff because you could overdose and there may be no one with Narcan nearby, right? Or or don't um, don't live this crazy lifestyle of uh, bungee jumping off of bridges and because maybe the bungee cord will break and you'll die. Or you know driving on a motorcycle from Bellingham to Skagit, you know, um, it late in the middle of the night. Don't do that uh, in the middle of the night. Um, when it's raining and everything because <laughs> on the day that you fall you might die right okay it's just like is that what, what does that tell us about god that he's telling us not that he doesn't want us to die okay so god's not saying hey i'm cool with anything you want to use hey meth heroin uh fentanyl um you know just uh high cholesterol foods just eat 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 and just Get your heart disease really stirred up and so that you're going to die when you're 55 instead of like 85 you know I'm, I, god is not about like wanting not caring about us and just saying everything's cool god is a god who cares about us and so when god tells us something it's because god wants us to have a, a of a an abundant life successful life right okay so here's the problem i'm going to be the snake now okay so so now um the man and the woman. The woman. Woman is the one that comes up. Okay. But you're. But the man's next to her. Oh, he okay. was. Yeah, yeah, he was next to her. Yeah. Okay. So, first chapter three. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast which the Lord God had made, and he said to the woman, "Indeed, has God said that you shall not eat of any tree in the garden?" We may eat the fruit of the tree's garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Did God say that the woman shouldn't touch the man shouldn't touch the tree? No, okay. okay so, where would have the woman found out about that rule? From the man, did you tell her that? Did you tell her that? Why do you think? Why do you think that you had to insist on it by adding "don't touch"? Think on the spot, quick. Um, yeah, because she would, uh, she, she would at least touch it. She would at least like got Did you? Did you not trust your wife? No, because she did. Were you sort of afraid of God? That you thought God was going to punish you? 
That, that's yeah, so see, maybe something entered into the man right from the be beginning where he started about it like in terms of like drug court. Fear. And so God, but God never wanted us to not eat because we were afraid of him. He wanted us to be to not eat because we were afraid of death. He didn't want us to die. He, he but he wanted us to be able to go to him. So okay, so the serpent said. Say you shall not eat any of the trees of the garden. I can eat any. I can eat anything except for the one in the middle, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So, what image of God is portrayed by by the by the serpent? What what's God like according to the way I was describing God? It's saying you shouldn't eat of any tree. Controlling. Okay. Yeah. Do you think some people see God that way? That God is just against having fun, doing anything? Yeah. Okay. Do people? So see that way, God that way. Instead of focusing okay. on everything that I could do, oh. instead of focusing on everything that I could do and everything, there was probably some really amazing fruit, right? Yeah. Why don't you say, woman, um, hey snake? Uh, God says we can eat of every tree, and He just doesn't want us to die, and that's why we're not supposed to eat of the one tree. Why did you say that? Because you tricked me. Nathan? <laughs> Is that could it have been because your husband didn't? Properly educate you about what God said, or no? We don't want to blame him. I don't know, but it is interesting that the woman um, got all of her information from the man because she wasn't formed yet, right? Right. Okay. Okay. So let's see what the snake's going to say now. Okay, the snake's going to come in for the kill now. Okay. Um, the serpent said to the woman, "You surely would not die." For God knows that in the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took the fruit and she ate and she gave it to her husband who was beside her and he ate. Okay. Then I have to eat. <laughs> then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and they made themselves coverings and then they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden okay God now they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden God and they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man. He called to the man and he said to him, sorry, verse nine. Then the Lord God called to the man and he said to him, um, they can't respond because they have their mouth for Where are you? Where are you? Okay. So then, why do you think the man was hiding from God? Okay, he got the image of God from the snake, right? But, um, some people say that sin separates us from God. 
He went walking in the garden looking for them, right? And God, why were you asking um, to know where they were? Because, because uh, they were missing. And they were in their normal location. But did you miss them? Yes, I was looking for them because uh, they were my creation and I, was, I love them and I wanted to care for them. Okay. So why were you guys afraid again? <laughs> why were you afraid? So you were ashamed? Yeah, I was ashamed and I was naked. So um, let's see what the man says now. Um, then the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? And he said, I heard you walking in the garden. Because I was afraid. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he said, who told you? Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, right there. Oh, the woman. Yep. Uh, the woman whom you gave me, gave to me, uh, to, uh, to be with me, uh, she gave me from the tree, and I ate then the uh, Okay, so, so what does the man do when, um, of course. what does the man do then? He the yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the woman you gave me. Oh, right. The woman. It's all the same. So now the blame goes to God, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So thanks, you guys. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So. So notice in this story, God was never planning on punishing the man. He just wanted conversation. Okay? And the thing is, God wants to be in conversation with us. So like when we're doing something that we, that he, God has said, hey, look, you guys, like I don't want this. Just stay away from trouble. Don't go down. Hang out with that person. Don't, don't, don't smoke this, you know, that fentanyl stuff. Or whatever it is, right? If God is telling you something and then we do, and God's not going to give up on us, God's going to come looking for us and go, Hey, what's up? You know, how's are you okay? Like, why did you why did you feel like you needed to do that? Like in the next story, we see that when Cain was really angry, God came to him and said, Cain, why are you angry? God wants to be in conversation with us because he wants to help us. He's like a therapist, not a law enforcement. But the thing is, Satan wants to um Put us under the bus. I mean, he wants to put us in a place of condemnation and he wants to cut us off from God. Okay. Um, hey, woman, can you come up here again? Eve. Yeah, Eve, the woman. So, Eve, Eve, can you come up here? So, so notice that God in the beginning, when God made the woman and the man, he said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the things that creep on the ground. Why did you listen to the serpent instead of ruling over it, the thing on the ground? According to this? No, it's according to you. Why? Because oh, God said to the woman and the man, you guys rule over the, the things, the, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, the things that creep on the ground, right? Okay, rule over. And God said to the man, you put him, put the man in the garden to watch, to, to serve it and to guard it. 
why didn't the man guard the woman from the snake? And why didn't the man and the woman put the snake uh, under their feet? Why, why do you think that? Well, the, I was tricked and I wasn't having faith in God, but I was curious. Their curiosity okay. maybe got to me. And so you were letting the serpent kind of influence the way you saw God? I was listening to the serpent instead of God. Okay, so and yeah. so you didn't know your authority? I forgot it. Maybe I knew it at one time, but I forgot. And I listened to the serpent right in front of me instead of instead of listening to God. Okay. Yeah, Jessica said maybe she never got yeah. 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 Okay. So and so and the man didn't um didn't exercise his authority to guard the woman from the ship, right? Because he was supposed to be in the garden to guard. But he was kind of a, a layup. Um, guy in that in that moment, right? Didn't protect his family. Sorry, Robin, but... no. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, so what we want to see in this story is that God wants us to exercise our authority and to know that there's an enemy that is predatory and is trying to get us to not trust God and to not realize and to think of God as a law enforcement. God, who's just out to violate us and to punish us, rather than out to be in conversation with us and to help us when we're tempted, in the middle of a temptation. And also, yeah, and also he saw the, the, how beautiful it was and good, and so seduction is about kind of just fantasizing about how something is really good, right? Have any of you guys fantasized about something that you, you were tempted and you felt the temptation and then you realized what you were tempted by wasn't nearly as good as what you were imagining? Have you ever been disappointed by what you fell for? Yeah, it happens a lot, right? Okay. Okay, thank you. Hey, thank you, Eve. Can I add something? Yeah. I don't know if this goes along with what you're going to say, so if it derails you, I apologize in advance. But I just, I've been thinking about what Siobhan said, how she, you came here, what'd you say, for two years high? While she came here high, I didn't know her, but Jeremiah was little and he was having a really hard time. And you, like, he was crying out on his step and you went out there and gave him like a handful of gel pins out of your backpack. You were super high. But you're like, hey. And, um, I've reflected back on that. So even if you're not where you think you need to be, like even if like Eve didn't have, like, oh crud, I ate the apple. Even if you're not there yet and you don't think you're there yet, you can have huge impact in people's lives and God still works through you. You're not disqualified if you have not arrived. You're not disqualified. You know, Eve wasn't disqualified. Eve did, you know, God was looking for Eve. She, yeah, it's like one Psalm 139. Yes, like Psalm 139, like right exactly. So Siobhan was not disqualified for Jesus to work through her to touch my life and my son's life. So I just want to encourage you guys with that. If you're not there yet, it's okay. You're growing. And look at Siobhan now. Yeah. She's growing and God transformed her, but God still used her how she was. Sorry. Thank you. So you guys, the thing is, we want to we want to make sure that everyone 
is able to connect with the good God who is non-pandemic and who's not going to get down on you if you if you follow a path that that even you're not even in agreement with that you know you're going against your conscience when we're going against our conscience we haven't disqualified ourselves from God God is just right there he's like right there ready to talk with us and uh it's Satan that tells us no that's not true you know um God is not good he's just out to punish you you better run and hide right yeah. it's it's like that's what that's what Satan is trying to get us to believe but it's a lie the truth is that God is there for us and wants to be He's a very present help in a time of need. Very present help in time of need. I've talked to a bunch of people. I talked to this woman in a jail once who said that she was in uh, Walmart uh, boosting. I mean, stealing a bunch of stuff. And she had all this stuff tucked away in different places. And a voice said, get out of here now or you're going to be in trouble. And, um, and she... Uh, and she was kind of amazed because she did. She went out of there and she didn't get caught. But God didn't say turn over all your stuff. God just said, get out of the get out of the store before it's too late. And then she said that she went back and did it again. And this time when God said, get out of here now, she didn't pay attention and she got arrested. And so what does that tell us about God? He's out to try to keep us, uh, warn us and to protect us right? Which is amazing. And maybe God was there before saying, no, don't go in there in the first place. But she didn't remember that part. Okay, but whatever, right? Right. But like, have any of you ever felt like you were warned before you were So if God's warning you, that tells you that he's really Okay. And if you're busted, it's not God that busts you. It's the Burlington Police Department or the whatever. It's just the county sheriff. Yeah. So we want to just be a place where people feel, feel like um, acceptance. And that's what I want to end with. Yes. And that's true, too. And that I think that really has happened many times, right? I mean, I'm kind of worried about the, uh, the fact that possession is not illegal anymore. Because that was a way for people to get into involuntary detox. Yeah. And that was actually a way that a lot of people were able to have their bodies be yeah. protected from just the, the destruction yeah. from, you know, from just using for too many weeks in, in a row, right? And I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, I don't know. I think the laws sometimes have protected a lot of us, oh, yeah. right? Okay, but, but that's not God. God is the one who's there for us. I'll, even if we're getting away with breaking the law, left and right, God's with us. Or if we get busted, we get busted God's with us. Right. God's with us 24-7 always, and there's nothing we can do. Like Gracie read, where can I go from your presence? If I go to the ends of the earth, you know, you're, you're reading Psalm 103, right? 139. You know, um, there's nowhere where you can go where God's not out to love you, not out to bust you, but out to love you and to help you and to give you wise counsel about how to have an abundant life, right? So anyway, let's pray. I just want us to pray that we would be sensitive, our consciences would be sensitive to the voice of God as the, as the one who wants to help us, okay? So God, I pray that you would sensitize us to be people that are totally in tune with your voice, 
and thank you that you want to protect us and deliver us from evil and you want to give us the strength to be able to uh, tell the enemy to go where they you know go away from us and leave us alone and i just pray that you would uh, also help us to be a place that welcomes everyone who comes in through the doors of this place and shows the radical love of god to everyone that we've encountered pray in jesus name amen